All right, everybody, you have just tuned in to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Incorporated of South Florida. And by the way, I'll be touring the Deck uh, roofing facilities uh, in a few weeks when I uh, uh, head down to Florida. Been uh, offered a very nice uh, tour of the uh, uh, company and facility, and I will get be some pictures, back. man. Oh, there will be pictures uh, amongst uh, amongst many other things there. Uh, roofing companies, very big deal in South Florida. You know, hurricanes come through there. Everybody needs a roof, so or roof, depending on your pronunciations. Uh, anyway, uh, Ben and Ian are here, guys. Uh, we we had some news today. Um, what news was that, Mark? I, I know. Um, well, I, let me I don't you. know what you're talking about. Yeah, J.C. Hassenhauer signed his ex- or was yes. signed oh, to his exclusive rights yes. free agent deal. Oh, that yes. is the uh, big story in Pittsburgh the, today. The J.C. Hassenhauer, the extended or exclusive rights free agent, rather uh, signing for the hefty sum of seven hundred eighty thousand dollars today. Um, so that's it, guys. That's all we needed to do the show on tonight. Uh, have a great one, and we'll talk to you next week, everyone. Sweet. Uh, Back a beer. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, because this is obviously going to take some time here. Um, look, I, I know there are many people that know the cap, and I know there are even way more that don't. But I, I will toot our horn. I think you two do uh, as well, if not better than anybody at explaining this. So if you are tuning in to find out exactly how <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger's uh, deal um, is is going to be played out, then uh, you've come to the right place. So uh, first of all, uh, Ben is already like three or four beers in, so he might no, not be no, able to. No, I just cracked my first one and oh, I oh, ate dinner, okay. so I'm fine. Oh, all right. Well, I was wondering if you'd be able to do simple math uh, by the time we got done here. But uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, how and are it you? Is simple this, math, uh, it fine. really is. Um, well, yeah, it is. Even even I could figure it out as you guys explained it. Yeah, yeah it really is quite. And I'm just going to jump into it. Basically, the Ben's cap number was forty one point two five million. Mm-hmm. And as I explained, I don't know three or four weeks ago, twenty two point two five of that was written in stone. That absolutely counts this year, no matter what. There's not, no way just, to get around that. So that right, just to the preface, only thing, doesn't matter if he would have been cut, retired. That was set in stone, as you said. Right. Okay. So the only thing he could play with was the remainder, the remaining 19 that he was set to make. Mm-hmm. What they did was give him a $5 million haircut. And as Mark put that today, that's a really expensive haircut. <laughs> it's an expensive haircut. <laughs> he, he took a $5 million pay cut. Okay. For his final year, he he mm-hmm. did the team a favor that way. He's making fourteen million dollars this year, and they lowered his base salary to the veteran minimum, which is one point zero seven five million, and the rest of it they converted into a signing bonus, which is twelve point nine five, twelve point nine seven five million, twelve point nine two five, twelve point nine two five million, nine two five. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, so you take that. And they added four voidable years, which is a big, big deal for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They've never done voidable years. They've never even done an extension where they tacked fake years onto the end of a, of a contract before. Mm-hmm. This is the Steelers moving into the 21st century. Really, this is momentous from a contract standpoint. It truly yeah. is. And it, it may just be a one-time thing where they went, you know, we had COVID and we got Ben. We want to keep him. We don't want him leaving on bad terms. Mm-hmm. We want to do this thing. We want him to play. This is going to be Ben's last year. This is Ben's last year. Yeah, th- yeah. Th- this contract is clear on that. I think. Yes. So yeah. So at the end of the co- at the end of the the league year, Ben's contract voids. Okay, but what they did was they take that that twelve point nine two five and they spread that hit out over five years. So. of that plus the 1.075 million Mm -hmm. in base salary actually Mm -hmm. counts this year. 10.36 million of it Mm -hmm. gets spread out over, over the next four years. However, when Ben retires and when his, when he retires, it's the wrong way to put it. When his contract voids at the end of the league year, it will void all of that money. That 10.36 will accelerate. So to speak. And mm-hmm. all count next year. Okay. So that's $10 million they shoved into next year. 
plus f- about 10.36 plus another 5 million that he took in a, in a pay cut. Mm-hmm. And they created $15.36 million in cap space today. Um, I do not believe the rumors that, that the cap's going to come in at 195, 198. I think that's bullshit. Um, Twitter bullshit, Facebook bullshit, whatever you want to put it, it's bullshit. Um, what you read on Instagram is is not a source. So <laughs> it's not. What do you knock wait it a off. minute? Yes, wait, as, as was pointed out to me today by these two. Um, <laughs> I had heard in December that Omar Khan thought it was going to come in about one eighty, a little higher. Okay, yeah. now they're talking about a little more money than that. But I think we're probably talking about somewhere in the range of 181 to 183 in there. And whatever it is, mm-hmm. realize that's not what the number would be. They're borrowing money from future caps. And mm-hmm. I don't know what that mm-hmm. borrow what, what that loan is going to be, so to speak. But that's going to be money that's not going to be available in future cap years. Because they're taking it this year. They're not going to they're not going to realize that four billion dollar loss in revenue they experienced in 2020 all at once. They're going to spread mm-hmm. it out over four years. And and that will be predicated upon the TV deal that is currently uh in, in the works. Maybe. As, maybe. Yeah. Um, I want to bring uh, Ian in here because Ian, you and I were talking about this a little bit. Um, it's something that that I was was asking in our our group chat. Uh, yes. Ben Ben alluded to the voidable years thing. Um, yes, and and just just as a very novice person, I I, I said I said, hey, what? Why the hell don't more teams do this? Why don't we do this? Voidable years, great. All right, so you have a little dead money, big deal. I mean, so explain exactly what this means here. It essentially. Uh, it means they Ben said it right. They put fake years on the end of the contract. Basically, this mm-hmm. is a a five year contract, but there's a clause that says the contract will void after you know at a certain date, whether it's you know March fifth, twenty twenty two, something like that. Right, um, right. You know, before the beginning of the next league year, and at that point, like Ben mentioned, all of the remaining uh signing bonus money that had been prorated over those future years then accelerates to 2022 we have about 10.3 million in dead money and we deal with it and we move on um Mm -hmm. and we find a new quarterback next year so ben gets his last ride and it is what it is um but you know this is this is not some this is not what you're saying is you don't think it'll be mason rudolph it will not be Mason Rudolph because A, he sucks, and B, he's entering the last year of his yeah, contract. Yeah. We'll, as well, we'll, so. we'll get to Mason here. Ian, continue. Yes. We'll, we'll yes. get to him. But to your question of why don't more teams do this, um, really, it's not a very player friendly contract because the players essentially agreeing that I will become a free agent you know, next mm-hmm. year. Um, so regular players that aren't in the last year of their career usually aren't willing to do these type of deals because they don't want to put that control over their future in jeopardy in the team's hands. Mm -hmm. They want to be more in control of their own future. So, um, you know, they want to see longer term contracts. We saw this with Le'Veon Bell a few years ago. He wanted a a really long, he wanted like seven years or something ridiculous. Um, But, you know, the players want a longer term contract and other teams you know, have signed players to long-term deals and cut them after one year. I think the was it the Dolphins that just cut Calvin Noy after one year into his contract, like a five-year yeah. contract they signed him to. If, if they haven't, they're going to. They're yeah, they're going to. Yeah, yeah. So you know, the Steelers traditionally have always signed players to deals they thought that player would play out. You know, when mm-hmm. Troy retired early, when Heath retired early, they retired with one year left on their contracts. The, the Steelers had signed them to those deals, expecting them to play till the end of it, and the players opted to retire early. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, in, in this case, Ben is saying, I will sign a, a paper deal, essentially, that that really only exists on paper as being longer than one year, but it will totally go poof after uh, the year is up. And then 
Um, you know, so it helps the Steelers from a cap standpoint this year. And, um, you know, Ben will essentially become a free agent after this season because the deal will void. And Mm then, uh, you know, we have to figure out what we're doing at quarterback because I'm assuming he's going to retire. This is his, you know, last rodeo, but yeah, yeah, that, that's why players don't do it because it's not a, it's not a player friendly contract. Um, it's, it's a team friendly contract because it allows the team to spread out the cap hit over multiple years and you know doesn't do any good for the the player um or give them any kind of long-term security uh in those voidable years but but as far as that dead money which that's just next year though right yes that'd just be next year and really like 10 million dollars is not that much um from a from an overall cap standpoint we paid we took a 20 million dollar dead money hit on antonio brown right now we've got about 9 million in in dead cap space this year just from pouncy and um retiring so 10 million is not that much I think dead money the whole thing is just really overblown it really is yes it's less cap space that you can use this year, but there are a mm-hmm. lot of people, agents in particular, but a lot of writers look at the cap and they go, the, the salary cap is a myth. Mm-hmm. It's BS mm-hmm. because there are so many ways to circumvent it. Voidable years being one of them. And you just borrow money from future caps and you can, you can just keep doing that forever i mean basically you can just keep going and you can spend as much as you want or as little as you want the steelers are a conservative organization and so they realize as many cap dollars as they possibly can every year every season and they write up right up against the cap mm-hmm. but it's because they're realizing the money that they spend in the same year as as often as they possibly can where other teams just try and shove things out as far as they can and create as much cap space as they can because that's their comfort zone. Um, Pittsburgh doesn't operate like that. They that's why voidable years is like I mean, I it blew my mind when mm-hmm. that was four voidable years on a Steelers contract. Unbelievable. I mean, and it's you, like earth shattering. You were if saying you, you were saying, Ben, that that's something that Dan Rooney, prior to his passing, wanted to get rid of. Was that yeah. was that correct? Yeah, yeah. The, when the when the first team did it, when they realized that loophole was there, and I'm sure some agent brought it to them. Mm-hmm. Rooney was like, uh, "Yeah, that's that's just circumventing the cap. That's that that shouldn't be legal. We need to get rid of that." And he brought it up in the owners' meetings, mm-hmm. and it went nowhere. So, right. I mean, that's something that my understanding, I mean, obviously I didn't know Mr. Rooney. Maybe we should have Ryan on here and ask him what he thought. Um, but uh, yeah. um, my understanding was Mr. Rooney thought that was circumventing the camp, the cap, and that it gave big market teams an advantage mm-hmm. because it just gave them more cap space to, you know, they can just shove more money into a signing bonus and turn it, you know, call it voidable years and and create space that way. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't like it. He was not a fan. That, that's one of the reasons the Steelers have never done it. And, then, right. and the other is, like we talked about before, they're just kind of a conservative organization. Yeah, They really like to, to run their books as close to reality as possible, as close as you can in the NFL, which honestly, let's be honest, the salary cap is not reality. Okay. (laughs) Every year teams spend more than the cap and it doesn't count that way, you know, between signing bonuses and, and salaries, they spend more than the cap, but it Mm -hmm. doesn't really matter. Um, The cap does keep things fairly competitive. I will say that for it. It's not like baseball where you have the pirates on the low end of the spectrum and the Dodgers on the high end, Mm -hmm. you know, that's the the Dodgers payroll is absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely are, ridiculous. Now, are you saying that the Pirates don't spend money? I'm they, saying they, that the, the Pirate fans <laughs> are supporting a team that is an abject failure and is extremely profitable because yeah. their fans are conditioned to a team that is an abject failure and they continue to support them. So, if I were a Pirates fan, which I am not, I would not <laughs> support. I would not spend any money. All right, that would be my. That would be my protest. I would spend hey, zero dollars. I want to go to the ballpark. <laughs> no money with the Pirates. 
Nothing. Well, uh, okay, so, that, so that's enough Buckos talk. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so Ian, where are we now in terms of the cap, though? Because this this is where I think a lot of 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 the the Twitter folks. This is where some of the misunderstanding comes in because they see, oh, okay, we save this. Well, that means we can we can sign Bud and Juju and 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 bring back Mean Joe Whoa. and everything else. Like it, so, what, what? Where are we with this cap now? So it depends on where the cap number comes in because we don't have a firm have number on what the right. salary cap is going to be. Um, you know, we talked a few weeks ago. They said that the the floor will be about 180. That you know that's the the lowest it could possibly be, but it could be more. So um, right now, if it comes in at 180, then we're still a little bit over it. We're mm-hmm. we're probably around 182 right now. I would say. Um, if it comes in at 185, then, you know, we've maybe got 3 million or so right now. Now, remember, we don't have to be, they have to announce what the salary cap is obviously prior to the start of the league year, because it's required that all teams be under that number by the start of the league year. So like Ben talked about earlier and you talked about, they want to get the TV deal done so they can set the cap number for this year. And they're trying to get the TV deal done before they set the cap number so that then, you know teams have uh, teams have a target they know right. what they, they have to hit to get under future tv deal basically <laughs> right <laughs> i mean that right. that's it because the, the 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 tv deal does not affect 2021 dollars at all those are already set mm-hmm. right but they can borrow from it and use it to increase the cap this year yes so yep. yes so with that in mind then you know if if they get that deal done, if the cap comes in at you know one eighty five, one eighty six, somewhere around there, then yeah, we'd have a we'd have a little bit more uh, room right now. Now, like Thank I said, everyone has Jesus. to be everyone has to be under the cap by the start of the league year. So the next two weeks are going to be a bloodbath of players getting cut league wide. Yeah. Um, and keep in mind too that when we're looking when we start talking about free agents in a few weeks when the new league year starts. Mm-hmm. That guys whose contract expired, who are going to be street free agents, count against your formula for compensatory picks. Whereas guys who get cut do not count against that. The the Ravens and the Patriots have done really good jobs at this over the years of signing guys who got cut by other teams so Mm -hmm. it doesn't count against them for the comp pick formula, and they turn those into additional third, fourth, fifth-round comp picks because um, they lose guys and they sign guys, but the guys they sign were not um, you know, unrestricted free agents. They were guys who got cut. So keep that in mind that when you see guys get cut, those are the guys you want to target in free agency, not the guys that are just regular free agents because we're going to get a lot of comp picks next year. Um, you know, with the guys that are going to hit the market with, you know, Dupree, assuming that Juju doesn't come back, although the talk is that he wants to. And, you know, I mentioned a few weeks ago, if they sign him to basically Jarvis Landry's contract, they could do it for about a $3 million, $3.5 million cap hit this Mm -hmm. year. Um, Granted, that's going to be a a dramatic increase in future cap spending as well, because you're not going to get him for any cheaper than $15 million a year. He's probably worth at least $17 million, $18 million a year on the market. But we'll we'll see, you know, Juju's, everything he's saying is he wants to stay in Pittsburgh, but he's also said, you know, he wants wants to make what he's worth on the market. So we'll we'll see where that all goes. But I I want um, Elon Musk's money, and that ain't going to happen. So So, why not? (laughs) <laughs> so for all for all intents and purposes, to answer your question, we are right around where the salary cap should come in right now. Um, right. And, you know, the, the Steelers like to have, I'll say, they, they need about $10 million under the cap in money during the course of the offseason just mm-hmm. to sign their draft picks, which is probably going to be $5 million. And then they like to have around 4 or $5 million going into any regular season just because guys are going to get hurt. you got to sign guys. You need some flex room to do that. But you don't need all that money right up front in March. You just need to be under the cap in March. You can do additional restructurings, extensions, things like that to lower your cap numbers over the right. summer when you got to sign your draft picks and you know do some deals in camp where you could lower some numbers to have that flex room going into the season. Because as we know, 
they don't sign guys to new contracts during the regular season. So there's some potential here, you know, Stefan to it, they could restructure Um, guys like Steven Nelson, TJ Watt, Eric Ebron, they could look to extend, Um, you know, the, the real interesting ones we talked about before, like Joe Hayden and Vince Williams, who are in the last year of their deals and are probably in, close to the last years of their Steelers careers. So, you know, do you really want to extend those guys or what do you want to do there? I'd much rather extend Steven Nelson and try and sign like Cam Sutton than extending Joe Hayden. So we'll see what happens, but um, they, they have room. They have, they, mm-hmm. they'll have room. They have flexibility. Um, but right now they're pretty much right up against it. So in order to actually sign any free agents, once, you know, the middle of the month hits and the new league year starts, they will have to do some additional either restructurings or cuts, but right now they should be right around where the cap comes in. Yeah. And, and I, you know, as you pointed out, you, your goal on that first day of the league year is just to be cap compliant. And then it, it kind of becomes a free for all, uh, all over again. Um, and one other thing too since you mentioned yeah. that first day of the league year thing yeah the Steelers traditionally have not engaged in ridiculous free agent signings in the first week or so of free agency they tend to let the stupid money happen first and then yep. they Always try have. to sweep in and sign guys to lower money but smarter deals and sometimes they work out sometimes you get a Tyson Alualu who plays great for you sometimes you get a Mike Mitchell who's a bum um so <laughs> I guess I could have picked the same position sometimes you get Cam Thomas who sucks um so you know <laughs> you so go. sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but um you know the Steelers are typically not super active in the first week or so of free agency so I would not expect that to change this year either you know don't expect them to go out and try and make an early splash they're gonna let let the stupid money flow and then see who's left and try and sign some guys to smart, relatively cheap deals, which as we saw from an article on NBC sports that Warren Sharp did is actually how you build Super Bowl contenders by signing free agents to usually short term one or two year, relatively cheap team friendly deals. Um, And, and there's probably going to be a lot of that going around this year because the cap is so much lower and so many guys are going to get cut. So guys are going to want to work and, you know, once the stupid money flows around, whatever's left, guys are going to have to take what they can get. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that article uh, that that he wrote because it is it's excellent. I mean, it it, it will um, define exactly what many of us have said for a long time. You know, the the Washington teams of old that used to sign every freaking top line free agent and and still sucked. You know, the the graph that he the graphs that he provides in that article are are really, really good. Um, you're listening to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. Whether it's commercial, residential, multifamily, or condos, contact Deck Roofing today by visiting deckroofing.com. Uh so Ben, um I, you know, I know you're a big fan of Mason Rudolph and you, you're obviously very heartbroken <laughs> over this development. Um, where, uh, uh, where, where are you if you're Mason Rudolph? I mean, are you already looking ahead to next year thinking I'm not coming back to this place no matter what they tell me? Uh, uh, maybe. You know, I think, I think if you're Mason Rudolph, no matter what, mm-hmm. All you can do, I mean, there's a cliche, you know, you control what you can control, but it's true. It's true. So, I mean, basically the best outcome that Mason is going to get is busting his ass this year, trying to be the best player he can be. And then at the end of the year, taking a look back at things and deciding what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. So right now he shouldn't even be thinking about it. He should just be getting ready to play next year, preparing like he's the starter every yeah. week. Yeah. Because you never know what could happen. Obviously, 2019 no. we saw right. that, right? You know, and if if that happens, yes, the season's pretty much over. But, um, you know, if Mason has to start, he has to start. Uh, you know, I I said several weeks ago i don't know what podcast that was because i don't mm-hmm. even remember saying it i said you know <laughs> if you put josh dobbs brain in mason rudolph's body he'd be a good quarterback i i don't believe that mason can read defenses mm-hmm. um he doesn't have the arm strength to, to throw deep outs 
Um, he can throw a deep ball between the numbers. Yeah, very nice deep ball. Yeah. No, nah, I wouldn't say very nice, I but he can throw a deep does. ball between yeah. between numbers. Um, yeah, it's okay, but he can't throw a deep out because he lofts the ball, puts too much air under it, and mm-hmm. it it gives the DB time to to make yes, up absolutely the separation. So they can they either have a chance at a breakup or or a pick, and that's just not what you want. One of the things that Mason has done several times on outs is throwing the ball slightly behind the receiver or to the inside shoulder, and that's just not a ball you want to see from your quarterback on an out. Um, he's also very heavy footed in the pocket, and he he can't seem to feel the pass rush. How is that possible? On top of that, Mason's parents were both college athletes how the <laughs> fuck is he that slow how how is he that uh, unathletic i uh, don't get it so well, yeah it's a, yeah. it's a little bit frustrating for for me personally mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but you know as ian yeah. pointed out when they drafted him and i agreed i basically was like this was a terrible draft choice i can't believe they did this so yes guys i am biased but I would really, really like Mason to prove me wrong. It would be great sure. because now he's a stealer. It would be fantastic if he would just prove Ben wrong. That would be awesome, yeah. but he hasn't. And as, as Ian pointed out, as I started to allude to before, never trust a Big 12 quarterback, never, because they need guys that are schemed open, that are Big 12 open, to have enough trust in the situation to hit them in the field. And Mason – constantly comes back to the check down constantly mm-hmm. so he's got to get past being checked down charlie and actually trust his receivers throw into tight windows which i don't know if he's capable of doing maybe he is maybe he's not i don't think he is outside the numbers personally no I don't inside either. the numbers sure um ian do you think that in this final year for ben roethlisberger do do you think they'll do anything different with him or do you still expect to see the uh veterans days off on wednesday and and so on and so forth yes yeah i mean they'll they'll give him the veterans days off and all that as far as doing anything different in the actual offense you know I i was thinking about this when the offense really took a step back, like when we really went into that short passing game, it was after Ben injured his knee in Dallas and mm-hmm. he really couldn't move after that. I mean, I I still can't believe he came out and played the second half of that game. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and thank goodness we won that game. But nevertheless, like he he really couldn't move at all. I mean, it wasn't quite a Byron Leftwich at Marshall needing his lineman to carry him down the field situation, mm-hmm. but um, that that really hampered his mobility, and he wasn't super mobile before that, but he was more mobile than he, he was. was after you know his knee got banged into. So, um, you know, hopefully with a full off season, that you know he's able to do at, at least a, a little more of you know a, a play action bootleg. Like he he just wasn't mobile enough to do that. I mean, he was basically taking a shotgun snap and either handing off or mm-hmm. having to plant and throw because. A, the line was so bad that there was pressure in his face all the time, and he had to get rid of it so fast. Um, I think we talked about it last week on the show that Ben had the quickest release time in the league, but like the 12th most quarterback pressures or something like that. Yeah. So oh, there was yeah. a, a big disparity there between like, you know, you think if you have a quick release time, you're not going to get pressured that much, but he had a quick release and was getting pressured all the time, which just shows that like, the the line was like the Maginot line or a block of Swiss cheese or a turnstile or whatever analogy you want to, to right, pull right. from um, that they just weren't good and it affected the offense because Ben didn't have time to throw down the field and we talked about it a lot on the show that you know we we felt like he was having trouble stepping into throws and couldn't use his plant mm-hmm. foot and things like that so um, I'm hoping that you know Canada likes the motion stuff he likes the play actions he likes the rollouts things like that so you know if if Ben has two good knees that he's able to actually roll out when he throws they can do some different things than what they did this year yeah I'm hopeful you know I I I don't know a lot of people are just glad Randy's gone and and I totally understand that so um, oh wait a minute you know since we're uh, we're we're discussing this Yes. This is something I, I frequently debate on social media. Mm-hmm. Is Randy getting fired? Randy and Sean Surrett getting the axe. Is that going to fix everything that's wrong with this offense? Because I don't think it will. 
uh, not completely. Fit, yeah. I, not I completely. Not completely. No. So not half were... of the shit that's wrong with that offense is going to be solved by those two coaches getting axed. Okay. Well, well that's what I was going to say. I, I mean, it goes hand in hand. That the the scheme was bad. They weren't putting players in good positions. But also, fair. The the blocking was terrible. You got to fix the offensive line. You if you fix the offensive line, then you give your running backs holes to run through instead of having to make moves two yards in the backfield just to get back to the line of scrimmage after they, you know, get con- If you get two or three yards after contact, you want that to be down the field, not in the backfield, right? <laughs> um, and and then it actually gives your quarterback time to to look at uh, more than one read and throw the ball too. So um, so I'd say, yeah, the, the scheme was bad. The plays were bad. The plays were predictable. Everybody knew what we were going to oh. do. but also, you got to fix the personnel on the field too. The, that, the personnel it, on the field has to play. Where I'm going with it, the plays were yeah. predictable because the personnel was predictable. Okay, the run game was not a threat at all. Period. At all. Yep. So when you ran play action, the the defenses didn't play, didn't pay attention no, to it. No. The offensive line couldn't fucking block, so defenses could dictate what we could and could not do. At the end of the year, in my opinion, Ben had thrown so many times that his arm was dead. And the thing that I'd really like to see change was a more balanced attack because if you run the ball more and you can do that successfully, your quarterback has to throw it less, which is less wear and tear on his arm. Okay? So then you still have a guy who can throw the ball in December. Number three, or after that, you you have a guy – the deep passing game was never successful all season. Never. I mean, very, very rarely, with rare exception, Ben would overthrow his receivers. Okay? Yes. Mm-hmm. I, that was no threat either, so why defend it? You know, why keep a deep safety or two deep safeties back there when the deep the deep passing game isn't a threat anyway? So screw it. I mean, you know, maybe we'll get burned once. So we'll just keep one safety back who can – play catch up if something mm-hmm. bad happens and maybe we won't give up a big play. Nobody played cover two against the Steelers. You kidding me? There were 10 guys in the box. It was the cover one all the time. Yeah. 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 You can dictate, you can dictate terms versus an offense that is that one dimensional, especially when the line sucks. And when your line improves, you can then dictate back to the defense. If your line cannot be stopped, which I'm not saying they're going to go from being horrible to being that kind of a dominant offensive line in one year, no. but when your line is really good, you can dictate to the defense. You can give your quarterback more time. You can open up holes. You can do all kinds of other things that make life a lot easier for your skill position players. And in my opinion, that's the biggest issue that's wrong with this offense is the offensive line. Yes, it was poorly coached. I will agree. They definitely, they regressed under Surrett, which is really disappointing and surprising mm-hmm. given the fact that he understudied under Munchak for five years, mm-hmm. but, but they they need an infusion of talent. Okay. I absolutely need it at center now because pouncey has gone. Right. And he, the last couple of years, let's be frank. He was not Marquise Pouncey anymore. On top of that, the tackle play was underwhelming on the best day and Mm -hmm. flat-out terrible on other days. Um, You know, guards, you still have DeCastro. My feeling is when he gets to be 100% healthy, he'll be dominant. He'll be fine. Uh, You've got... uh, You've got Dotson coming up, Kevin Dotson coming up, and he's going to be, you know... I think he's going to be a very good guard. I wish they just would have played him all year and let him make mistakes as a rookie so that he would mm-hmm. grow and learn by them. That would have been fantastic, but they they didn't. They made a choice to to try and go with the veteran presence of Matt Filer, and now Matt Filer will likely leave. Thank God. Because um, he was bad last year. Well, my, might I interject here as well? Please. Um, uh, uh, we're, we're paying a fullback about $3 million, and he had 52 snaps all season, I believe. Yeah, that um, was a mistake. And and I don't, I don't think it was a mistake <laughs> signing him. I think it was right. a mistake the way that he was utilized. Absolutely. And he has to be disappointed in in the role that he played, I which was think. basically core special teamer at $3 million mm-hmm. plus per year. Um, 
I don't know how or if Canada will use Derek Watt. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. Um, you know, I would hope that he would use him more effectively than Randy did. The I reason, think, in yeah. my opinion, they did not use the fullback much was the running game was non-existent. So, you know, you can mm-hmm. do all kinds of things with your fullback when he's a threat to run or catch a pass. But when the only threat is he might catch a two-yard pattern, we can cover that easy. Yeah. Uh, since we're talking a little running backs, so let's – Actually, I wanna... can I make one other yeah, comment? Yeah, go ahead. Please. So Ben mentioned about, you know, the play-action game not working because it didn't surprise anyone. Um, you know, typically with with most quarterbacks around the league, they're much better on play action, right? Because it freezes the defense a little bit, it gives them more time to look things over. You can usually take more shots down the field, right? So mm-hmm. usually you see quarterbacks having better statistics on play action than on non-play action passes. Last year, on play action passes, Ben Roethlisberger completed 54% of his passes, had a 74.5 passer rating, and 5.29 average yards per attempt. On non-play action passes, he had a 66% completion rating, so 12% better on non-play action, Mm a 95.8 passer rating, so like 20 points better on non-play action passes, and an average yards per attempt of 6.7, so a yard and a half better. So basically on non-play action passes, he was Matthew Stafford good. On play action passes, he was like Alex Smith, Drew Luck, Dwayne Haskins bad. So like the the the, the splits on that are insane because typically it's the other way around that a, a right. quarterback is not as good regularly, but you run play action to give them easier reads, to give them easier throws. Like Baker Mayfield splits are insane. Baker Mayfield on play action passes is basically like Aaron Rodgers and on non play action passes is like Andy Dalton. So and, and, and um, what is that? Because their running game is dominant. They can run the football. Yeah. Because yep, their right. running game is dominant. And I'm glad you brought that up because people don't realize how important, how impactful that is the swing going the wrong direction when it should be helpful and it actually hurts you. That's how bad the running game this year was this year. And yeah, again, don't blame it all on Randy. It's not all on Randy. If players execute, if they block the guy in front of them and make holes, the running game works. If they don't, it doesn't. The end. Yes. Our running backs aren't great. Yes. They miss some open holes here and there, but on every play, no, not even maybe. There were guys hitting them in the backfield. And when you have a running back that can consistently get some momentum and get to the second level because his line is blocking well for him, he looks outstanding. And when you have a guy who can't gain any momentum and can't get anywhere because he's getting hit before he even gets to the line of scrimmage, yeah, your running game sucks. Well, you know, that's a terrific That's a great uh, segue. That's a great segue and, and rant and, and everything else. And I'm just going to kind of finish it by saying Randy sucks. So um, in any Wasn't case, all on we... Randy <laughs> was not all on Randy. No, Sorry. no I, I agree. It's the not, players it never do is. not get it, off it. Look, look, I, it's never always on the offensive or defensive coordinator. You, you've got to have players that execute well. And when they don't, that's, that's who it comes back on. Um, so yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I just like, I say that as a guy, I say that as a guy who I, I swear I've hated every offensive coordinator we've ever had that I can recall. Wizenhunt, hunt. I finally decided I liked Wiz, yeah, and then, yeah. and then he left. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course we left. So he didn't get the head coaching job. Yeah, well, yes. yeah, pretty much. Um, one other thing I want to cover tonight is, uh, uh, seemingly endless debate. And thankfully it will come to an end after the first round of the NFL draft. Um, a lot of people are talking about, do you take the running back or do you take the offensive lineman with the pick there at 24, you know, assuming that's where we stay, all that stuff. Um, Ian, you, you've done a ton of research on this as, and we've talked a lot about it too. Um, you know, for every Steeler fan that wants Najee Harris in the first round at 24, there's, there's the same amount that would rather have an offensive lineman. So where, where do you go on this? 
Yes. So let me just preface this by saying I would absolutely love to see Najee Harris as a Pittsburgh Steeler. He would be a great addition to this team. That being said, and, and if we draft Najee Harris, I will not be disappointed because I would love to have him on the team. That being said, statistically, over the last two years, running backs, uh, starting running backs have only only 12.5% of them, 8 out of 64, have started all 16 games over the last two years. Um, so any running back you have, whether it's you know first-round draft pick or mm-hmm. a guy you scoop up in undrafted free agency or you know a guy who's already on your team, not very likely he's going to start all 16 games. They're probably going to get injured. Um, running backs tend to burn out after, you know, four, five, six years. So it's a, it's a short-term investment. Running backs really are a, kind of a luxury pick that, and you can get good guys in the second and third round. Like look at some of the best backs in the league. Derrick Henry, second round pick. Dalvin Cook, second round pick. Le'Veon Bell was a second round pick. So you can get good quality running backs in the second and third rounds of the draft mm-hmm. um, that can do a lot of similar things and give you similar production to what a first round pick can give you. Um, that being said, there is a much more significant drop off for offensive linemen. So um, I haven't actually published this yet, but I've been pulling some numbers together that uh, over the last 10 drafts, they're, uh, you know, looking at the offensive linemen drafted in the first round, uh, 30% of them went on to become pro bowlers in the second round that goes down to 10%. And then after that, it's like 8% in the third round, 2% in the fourth round and and none in the fifth round. So if you want a quality offensive lineman, you got to use a first round pick to get them. And, and primarily it's tackles. Actually, I was looking through like the depth charts today for all the teams from this past year. And most of the starting tackles around the league were either first round picks by that team or were a first-round pick from another team that someone else signed in free agency. So a vast majority of tackles have been first-round picks. Interior offensive linemen, yeah, you can find them in other rounds. But, but can they can they contribute year one? Because that's what we no, need this year. No, not as much. That, that's the, where the, I'm at with it. Well, I mean, the, basically, the you, you have to is, take a guy. You have to take a guy on that line this year who can contribute this year. Yes. You cannot count on the fact that you can you can develop a mid-round offensive lineman or an undrafted offensive lineman. This is the, key, the thing that keeps being pointed out to me is look at all the guys for the Steelers that were late round draft picks or mid round draft picks or were undrafted guys that were developed and turned into starters. Yeah. They developed over four years. They didn't exactly the first year. Yeah, exactly. They didn't start right out of the gate. That's total right. bullshit. And that's what no. we need this year. We need a guy who can play this year. Right. Now the, yeah. the and the only the only exception I'll say to that is like let's say let's say we draft a tackle in the first round and then take like Creed Humphrey as a center in the second round or take the kid from Wisconsin Whitewater in the third round. Mm-hmm. Like those are those centers you could plug them in and start right away as a second or third round pick. I have less confidence in a tackle a second or third round tackle starting this year than I do a first round tackle. I think a first round tackle you can find plug them in start them this year. Um but I I think you know if if you want to if you want to look at it that way that we definitely need to address the center position too, but yeah, I think at some point yeah. you know you're going to have to look at who's the best guy on the board and this is a really good draft for tackles. There's going to be there might be six tackles taken in the first round this year. This is a, a really good draft for offensive tackles. Well, Agreed. And, and Ben, that's where I was going to go here because I, there are some really good offensive tackles, but. Uh, is there a significant drop-off, though? Uh, meaning, there, there, let's say there's three or four that are just bona fide first-round guys, and then there's maybe three or four that are like, eh, you know, second round, maybe end of the first round. I, is there concern that the Steelers, because they need a tackle, that they're just going to take one when when maybe it's not a guy they would normally take in that spot? Uh, no, I don't think they will. I mean, I think they'll take a guy at a position of need in the first. I, mm-hmm. you know, but they have so many positions of need that they do. I'll be frank. It, it really kind of won't matter. I mean, other than I wouldn't take a running back. 
Um, I wouldn't take a running. I wouldn't take a quarterback unless somebody falls like a, you know, an Aaron Rodgers. in which case, what do you, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you have to do that. Um, Trey Lance falls to 24. You got to take him. Uh, yes. I, I don't see it happening, but if he did, yeah, you got to do it. If Justin um, Fields falls to 24, like Charlie Casserly had, which is insane. But if it happens, yes, you have to take him. Yeah, yeah. I, I would okay. pretty much agree with that too. Um, but yeah, I, I would, my, my druthers is that they take an offensive lineman, be it an interior offensive lineman that they're going to convert to center mm-hmm. or, or a center. I don't think there's a center worthy of a first round grade this no, year. I don't either. That's my opinion. Um, and I, I don't think that, you know, Landon Dickerson, who um, uh, Mel Kuyper projected to the Steelers, I don't think he fits the scheme that they, they seem to indicate they're going to be running. They're going to run a, a zone blocking scheme. And Dickerson is a power mm-hmm. gap blocking power scheme only guy. Um, he also plays really high from a technical standpoint. He needs some work. He beat up on the guys that he played in college because he was more powerful than they were. And he got away with that shit. He will not get away with it in the NFL. Also he, has yeah. the injury history too. He, and he yeah. has the injury history as well. He, you know, he's only played one season where he was injury free in his life. And he's a fifth year senior. Uh, you don't like guys like that in the first round. If you're the Steelers, you usually, you want the guy, you know, they, they, they like to get the guy who his first year in the NFL Maybe he's not quite ready to play there, but they're developing they're developing him themselves rather than counting on a college program to develop him. Yeah, and for the people listening that didn't listen to last week's podcast, Ellie did a great job breaking down Dickerson. So go listen yeah. to that because yeah, she, she did. did a great job with her draft preview of Landon Dickerson and breaking him down on the podcast last week. I still haven't listened to it. Did you guys cut out the part where I called in? No, we left it on there specifically so everyone could hear what a jackass you were. Oh, well, um, I, I couldn't hear yeah. anything. I was trying to call in on purpose. Oh, like, we, hey, we, we expected up? it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for those listening now, uh, Ben's birthday was last week during the uh, show, and uh, Ellie uh, graciously jumped in for him, and he decided he was going to call from the uh, drinking establishment that he was at. And, uh, well, it's 10 seconds of, of fuzzy air. Let's just put it that way. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. wait a minute. I hey, want sure. to make one more point here real quickly. Okay. All right. I don't see him being taken in the first round. But the guy that I'm really in love with at running back in this draft is Javante Williams. <laughs> yes. All right? Yeah. And if if the Steelers got him, I would be – so fucking happy but i think i think he projects to be taken somewhere between the steelers first and second round pick yep okay yep so i i you know i'm kind of of a mindset where it's like okay you're gonna need to trade up in the second if you want to get this guy or it isn't gonna happen but man that's that's the guy i want to see him grab if oh man he looks well I, I have him mocked to the Steelers in the second, and, and I, I don't think it lapped to fifty-eight. I don't I, see it. No, I, I don't know. Fifty-five, fifty-five. No, I, I as the week has gone on, I don't think he will either. I think it's going to require a move up. Um, he's just getting too much attention for for obvious reasons and stuff. So, I, I yeah, I'm with you on that. I really like the kid um, a lot. He, he's he's basically a truck. Uh, he it just isn't a, just that he's a truck. No, he's, that can move. Yeah, he's got some. Got he some reminds me and, of Bettis. I think he's going to be a yes. tubby bitch when he gets into his thirties. But I'm like, whatever. <laughs> you can move like that. Look back at Jerome Bettis's rookie film and go. Oh, it's oh, unbelievable! God, yeah. Yeah. how can a guy that big move like that? Yeah, They're not supposed well. to, but yeah, I, I like both of the North Carolina running backs, and obviously, I've been a big fan of Travis Etienne for a while. But he's mm-hmm. he's not gonna. I mean, yeah, he's gonna be out of range too. It's it's gonna be. I mean, he's either gonna go late first round or early second round, and More I would likely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, those those were the the main things, and of course, we led the show uh, tonight with the the huge news about uh, J.C. Hassenauer uh, signing his. Ex- Exclusive rights free agent deal for seven hundred eight thousand oh, dollars. Hey, hey, look! Right now, he's the only center. Um, so just just go ahead, pencil Shut him up, in there, Mark. Yeah. 
Here, here's a here's a question for you though. Since uh-huh. since uh-huh. Ben Roethlisberger is now coming back for this year, yeah. Once we get to say August, uh-huh. do you think there's any chance he tries to talk Marquise Pouncey out of retirement? Be like, hey, dude, come back one more year, take a cheap ben, deal, come play drafted. with me. I, I mean, think it's, I think it's already happened, to be honest. And I think Marquise has said, "Nah, I'm done." Oh yeah, that attempt yeah. was made. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yes, that attempt was absolutely made. Yeah. Uh, but Marquise and his brother agreed that they were going to retire at the same time. Years ago, yeah, and and Mike has had a lot more injuries than yeah. Marquise. Yes, he, he has. Believe it or not, and Marquise yeah. and Marquise hasn't exactly, you know escaped unscathed mm-hmm. himself. So, I mean, I just, I don't see it happening pretty much because of that, because of the tolls taken on their bodies. And I, I think when you're looking at your brother and seeing that mm-hmm. and projecting it on yourself, and that's really hard for that not to hit home, you know? <laughs> When it, and, and, when it happens to a teammate, yeah. that's one thing. When it happens to your own brother, especially eh. your twin brother, who yeah, you, yeah. Well, you know, too, and I, I, you guys alluded to this too. I mean, he he hasn't the same guy he was before the last few years. Now, now, is he better than JC Eisenhower? Yes. Okay, that's not even a question. Um, but I, I, I guess really to go back to your question, Ian, if it's August and the Steelers haven't figured out who their center is. Can I see, you know, Ben uh, uh, maybe playing on Marquise's uh, uh, feelings that, hey, man, uh, it's your first time not playing football in a long time. It's August. Love to have you here in in camp, blah, blah, blah. You know, sure, I can see it happening. I don't think it's gonna, but I I can see Ben trying to do that, I I guess is what I'm getting at. Um, And and I I guess, guys, well, one more thing. We didn't really talk too much about it. Uh, Juju did comment on the Steelers Instagram post today about Ben, you know, restructuring his deal. Um, which of course, as we all know, when, when players comment on Instagram, that's, that's usually like, like, you know, gold that whatever they say is going to happen. Um, and, and I'm being a bit facetious there. Um, Ian, do, do, does this in any way, shape or form make things easier to bring Juju back? Uh, no, not not any more than anything else he said. I mean, you know, he had the comments we talked about a few weeks ago with like the grass isn't always greener on the other yep, side. Yep. You know, guys who have guys who have left Pittsburgh haven't always done so well. I like what I've done here. I've he's built my right. brand here, and, he, and he's right about that too. But um, you know, at the end of the day, he's probably going to go the route of what several other you know Steelers free agents have done, where the Steelers let him test the market and say, "Hey, call us and tell us what kind of numbers you're seeing out there," and We'll see if we can match it. And mm-hmm. for most likely, some team's going to w- want to throw bigger money at him than what the Steelers are able to pay. And he's going to have to make a choice of, do I take significantly less money to stay in Pittsburgh or take more money to go play elsewhere? I mean, you know, when when you're talking about the difference between a $15 million a year versus a 17 or $18 million a year contract. I mean, that's probably going to be a four or five year deal. You're probably yeah. talking about, you know, I mean, that's 10, 10 to $12 million. And on top of that, it really what the number that matters is the guaranteed money. And the Steelers yeah. traditionally have not guaranteed any more than the signing bonus in their contracts. Whereas other teams are now guaranteeing a lot more than that to their players. So, mm-hmm. um, and let's not forget too, the Steelers have signed TJ Watt and they're going to give him 125, yeah. 130, maybe $150 million. So, um, you know, they are going to pay TJ Watt's got to be the priority and they're going to have to pay him a huge contract. So, uh, you know, that's, that's where your money needs to go. Right. The, the, not cap dollars, but actual real money in the bank dollars because of the requirements to put money in escrow to pay for contract, all that stuff. So yeah, it's, it's going to be tight. They could, they sign Juju under the cap if they wanted to. Yes. Would it be for less than what Juju can get on the open market? Also? Yes, Mm -hmm. but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I don't think think it changes anything. No, I, I don't really either. Um, 
Ben, what about Bud Dupree? Does it change anything for him? No. no. And and listen, uh, people keep concentrating on the fact that the Steelers have all this cap space in future years, and they can make a deal with Bud now and have a small cap hit this year and big cap hits in the future. Yeah, they could do that, but that's not the way they're looking at it. They're, no. they're not no. looking at it from that standpoint. The Steelers are strictly looking at it going, okay. T.J. Watt is going to be the highest-paid defender in the NFL. That's happening. There's no fighting it. It's going to happen. We're talking probably close to $30 million a year, if not $30 million a year. Um, Bud is going to make 17 or 18. So let's just say hypothetically that T.J., let's be fair, we'll call it $29 million, and Bud's making 18. That's $47 million per year dedicated to just the starting edge spots. They're not doing it. Yeah. That isn't happening. They're just not going to do that because that's, that's too high a percentage of your entire cap devoted to two spots mm-hmm. on one yeah. unit. They're just, just not yeah. going to do it. It just isn't smart football. It's not, it's not an egregious use Excuse me. It's not. Oh, is an egregious use. <laughs> is an egregious use. Yeah, I just burped, I just burped on the on the podcast. That's fantastic. It's an egregious use of cap dollars dedicated to one spot. It it just isn't. It's not prudent. And the no. Pittsburgh Steelers define prudence. And that that's exactly what I would say to fans. Put it put it just like that. When when they start screaming on Twitter, oh, we can get Bud Dupree. You, you're not going to pay two outside linebackers literally fifty million dollars. It's just not well, going to happen. I mean, not not uh, quite fifty, but almost. Well, no, I know what <laughs> I you mean, mean. It's damn close. Honestly, you know? yeah, it's it's a shit ton of money. When yeah. the salary cap is almost two hundred million dollars, mm-hmm. you're not going to pay two guys twenty five percent of it. No. Nope, I don't see it happening, and uh, we're at about an hour, so that's perfect no, time to get on. Whatever, yeah, let's, yeah, let's talk about yeah, some more yeah, stuff. Yeah, like what? Like what? Like, like what like happens? Who, if the Steelers who would you extend? <laughs> who would you? Let's put it this way: since it's gonna, we're right up against it. Let's yeah. talk about this. Who might the Steelers cut to make cap space? Who might the Steelers say you need to take a pay cut to stay with well, us? Joe Hayden clearly doesn't think it's going to be him. It's not um, going to be. No, and I don't think it is either. He he saw a report from another uh, outlet that that well, suggested Ed, it was John actually Clayton. John Clayton. Yeah, John Clayton doesn't know shit anymore. I, I'm sorry, John Clayton at one time was an outstanding reporter. Terrific. He was fantastic, yep. and. I don't know if he's lost credibility with his sources and so they don't tell him anything anymore or if he's gotten lazy. A lot of guys get lazy as they get older and don't make the calls anymore. They don't really know what's going on. I think well, he's purely and, speculating. Well, he, he said several weeks ago that he thought Dupree would sign one year, six million, which is yeah. just monstrous. <laughs> and then, and then he, he said today that he thinks that they'll create more space by cutting Hayden and Vince Williams. And Vince now, Williams. I'll be honest, Vince, I can see. Uh, Fuck you, you, Mark. I don't like it. I didn't say I liked it, but I can see it. Uh, I really hope that doesn't happen. I I, I agree. I'm with you. I I mean, there are a few Steelers over the last 20 years that I respect as much as that guy. Um, And and I, I, yeah, I will hate to see it, but I think it's very, very possible. you know, outside of that, I, I really honestly don't know. But but that's what we'll be looking at over the next twelve days is the bloodbath that is coming. Exactly. Um, that's I yeah. mean, honestly, real quickly, who would you guys see as a potential as a potential for mm-hmm. a either cap cut or a guy they go to and they say, if you want to play next year, you're taking mm-hmm. a pay cut. Derek Watt. I, I think you have to start with Derek Watt. You have really? to. I, I mean, now here's the problem. It's not his fault that they threw that money at him and then didn't use him. That's not his fault. 
But at the same time, I could I could see them going to him and say, you know, Derek, our, our initial plans to use you just didn't come through. So hey, we're going to ask you to take a cut. I, yeah, I, I don't know who who, yeah. who are you thinking, Ben? Vince. Yeah, well, which really makes me ill. Yeah. Um. But that's really it. I mean, look down the list. Hayden is in the last year of his deal. Like we talked about, you don't really want Hayden, to Hayden, Nelson, them. you're not cutting either one of those right. guys. Two isn't happening. Yeah. Well, two, um, you could restructure because he's got years left. Nelson, you want to extend. Wait a minute. Like you're going to cut. Long. You're going to cut. You, would, you wouldn't even think about cutting to it. No, or, that's what I mean. No, 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 no. I'm no. saying I'm saying you restructure his current deal to save cap space. Um, Nelson, you'd want to extend. He's in the last year of his deal. Two, it's like the only guy in the top five of our contract, maybe top seven of our contracts that actually has years left after this year. Everyone else is entering the last year of their deal. Nelson, you can you want to extend. DeCastro, he's entering the last year of his deal. I really don't know what you want to do there. I mean, I he might either. retire after this year, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, maybe you offer him an extension, but I don't know if he'll take it or not. Um, TJ Watt, we already talked about. You gotta, They're going to make him the highest play, paid defensive player in the league. Eric Ebron, if they had any other option at tight end, would be a candidate because you could save $6 million by cutting mm-hmm, him. But mm-hmm. they have no other options because Zach no, Gentry sucks. So what are you saying? Gotta, You're saying that Zach Gentry is not good? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely saying Zach Gentry is not good. I, I think that's um, terrible. Is there a show in the last three months where that hasn't come up? No, because he sucks. Um, so, so, and he's he from brought, Michigan, yeah, might I add? There we go. Yeah, which is yeah. you know the bastion well, of shitty fucking overrated players with an overrated coach. Uh, we've got a lot of suck going on in this state right now, so I'll just leave it at that. All right, well, whatever. So, all right, so Ebron, you probably you either. Give him the you know six million dollar salaries due this year, which or, is going to happen, or, or you, you extend him. Extend him, right? And then Hayward, they already restructured. And then you're at Vince. We just talked about him. Devin Bush still on his rookie deal. You're not going to do anything with him. And then you're at Boswell and Derek Watt. So I mean, yeah, Derek. When you ask for the first name, like you look down the list of of biggest cap hits, you're not touching Boswell. So it's Derek Watt. Yeah. I- <sighs> Yeah, I guess I, you know, um, I think what you need to do is extend a handful of guys in order to create space. You can restructure Boz. Uh, you you can restructure a couple of other guys. Vince probably isn't going to get a restructure. Vince is, I'm almost certain, not going to get an extension. No. Um, which you know kind of sucks because you you root for the guy. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, looking at the rest of it, I mean, DeCastro, you can extend him. Nelson, you can extend him. Hayden, you could extend. And the circumstances are a little bit dire, so maybe they will. But I think they'll wait till after the draft to see what they pick up. Because, I mean, honestly, they could be mm-hmm. in a position in the first round where the best available player is a cornerback. And if that's the case... That changes things entirely. Big time. You know, yes. where there's not an offensive lineman worthy of the pick at 24. Mm-hmm. There's not a linebacker worthy of the pick at 24. And Jesus, please, baby Jesus, do not take a fucking running back at 24. Well, that, that's been my kind of argument is what if that offensive lineman is not there? I don't want him to reach for one. Um, Neither do so I. That, so that's I, where that I cornerback I mean, comes Artie in. Already yeah. fucking burns all over again. Uh, you know, and, and that wasn't all Artie's fault. You know, no, no, it really wasn't. He started he started his career with a free safety and Mike Mitchell, who, you know, constantly pointing at each other, going, "I thought you had it. I thought you had it." Continual miscommunication in the defensive backfield, which hasn't been an issue at all since Minka uh, took no. over. Artie, uh, Artie and Mike Mitchell were like the the um, beginning of that whole Spider-Man point at each other meme. I guess it, it was just, <laughs> it was know? continual thing where neither they were not on the same page, and there was constant miscommunication. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you wondered whose fault it was, and you know Mike's play started to slip, and now he's out of the fucking league. Oh, yeah. um, you know, not a bad guy, not a good free safety. Uh, 
but back, I digress. Well, Artie yeah. wasn't necessarily a, a terrible choice, but he was a reach. He shouldn't have been taken at that pick. Agree. Okay. And you don't want to see them do that again. Um, they have needs at, at multiple places. You know, let's, let's hope that they use that egregiously. <laughs> egregiously. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I have been drinking. Dictionary. <laughs> I have right. been drinking. I right. have. You, let's let's you... hope they that they use this, you know, and and do so intelligently. There we go. That'll work. You there know. You yeah. You want to know what really stings though? Who is That's the next right. cornerback taken after Artie Barnes? I don't know. Uh, in that draft, twenty sixteen. Uh, uh, Xavier Howard by the Miami Dolphins, it. and he yeah. turned out to be a fucking stud. Yeah, really. Yeah, led the league in picks, didn't he? Yep. Yeah, this year. We, yeah, we we took Burns at twenty five. The next corner didn't go off the board till Howard at thirty eight. So it was beginning of the second round, but still, like you know, it was thirteen picks later. But still, Howard was the next <sighs> corner off the board. Three yeah. fingers of whiskey. Yeah. Yeah, prudence. Well, gentlemen, I'm going to get us on out of here. Oh, come on. Uh, yeah, it's time. It's time. The audience maybe, is growing Maybe we more. just need to have a podcast of Ian complains about the Steelers draft misses over the years because oh, I've got a couple be I could. Oh, I'm going to need a lot can, more whiskey for that. Yeah, yeah. You can have the can... airing of the grievances. Yes, oh, that would oh, be. Yeah. <laughs> the, the airing of the grievances uh, episode. Shit, we should have yes. done that in December. Yeah. You don't want to add to that fire. That was a that was a shit show in December. Well, that's true. That's true. It's still yeah, we'd have so, to move it to the end of the season. So I just I really hope that the Steelers of us. Springtime <laughs> I really hope the Steelers use this draft very wisely because I I look at the roster right now, and I I find it difficult to believe that any player who's drafted this year, and they're probably going to end up with nine draft choices, mm-hmm. that any player who's drafted won't make this roster. They're not. They're not very solid as things no, sit right they're now. Going to have to rely on some youth. Yeah, they are. They're going to get younger, and in my opinion there will be a regression next season. Well, we have plenty of time to talk about that. Um, yeah, Mark this... obviously wants to go to bed because yes, he has I to would like children to. tomorrow. I actually have to work tomorrow. So do I. Uh, and it's yeah, yeah, really late here. It like? It's like the it's almost still out there. It's almost uh, 8.30 right now. Unbelievable. Anyway, you've been listening to the Steel City Board Steelers <laughs> podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. And we will catch up with you again next week. And hey, go Steelers. Ravens suck. <laughs>